Um, my question is more of a practical question based on, on the talk you just gave. I'm wondering, um, is it possible as Christians to be successful in our job or career um, while being true to um, the calling that you were talking about and how we can find or discern that balance in between? Yeah, sure. No, no, I, there are lots of Christians I know who are successful in their work and are able uh, to be faithful at the same time. So I don't think there is a, a problem with that. Sometimes it depends on your level of gifting. Okay, so let me give an example. It's probably not particularly relevant uh, to many of you, but I think we'll illustrate the point. Sometimes I come across people who have uh, aspirations on what they want to do with their career. Let's say uh, they'd like to study medicine uh, and um, they've given themselves in that particular direction. Um, as they get into the course, uh, because they have worked so incredibly hard to get to a stage where they could get into medicine to start with, they find the course is just all-consuming just to keep up with it. And the reality is, for those of you who practice medicine and go into it, you know that there's a lifelong sort of career of learning, and if you find it hard to keep abreast of things, it can just dominate your existence. So one of the things I sometimes uh, talk to, say, medical students about, in, in, certainly in the Adelaide situation, is whether they've chosen the right course. You see, because any job um, or career or study that so dominates your existence, you've got to wonder whether you should be doing it in the first place, you see. Now, that's a talent ab- ability sort of issue. There are other people I know who are incredibly bright. So Andrew Chia, for example, was an ex- extremely bright student. And um, he was able to be faithful in doing a whole range of things at university, including leading the Christian group and doing a range of those sort of things, and still successfully um, do better than pass his medical exams and be a doctor. Okay? So he could be successful and faithful. Okay? Some people are absolute geniuses, you see, and they can be incredibly successful and still be faithful. And uh, so that's just one example of the way in which it works out. Um, so I'm not saying you can't be successful, uh, but also I'm saying I wonder if you want to make that your goal anyway. See, I think scripturally speaking, the goal you aim for is the goal of faithfulness, not success. Now, faithfulness may lead to success, and often does actually, because when you're a Christian in the workplace, a faithfulness is respected and valued by employers and people you work with. So when I practiced law, I was faithful to my bosses. They knew I'd work hard and they were keen to have me as a partner. You see, because they knew they could trust me. They knew I shared their values. That would have been a reward. But I wasn't trying to be successful. I was trying to be faithful. Uh, It's it's a fine line in some ways, but you've got to have your, your eyes, your goals sit on the right sort of things, I think. Yeah, so it's a great question. Hmm. Other questions? Don't be shy. Um, Is there any kind of job or industry that uh, Christians are not encouraged to work in? I mean, apart apart from the obvious ones, uh, just wondering. Yeah, um, 
and we laugh because they're obviously things you can't you do. You know, Christians can't be faithful prostitutes. Uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like there are, there obviously there are some that are, are obedience issues for us, and therefore uh, are not not allowable. There may be some where we come into uh, areas of ethical concern. Um, can you be an accountant for a brewery? Um, do you, is there anything wrong with alcohol and scriptures? Is, yeah, but you get into that sort of area where you're trying to work out, but am I actually supporting an industry that uh, encourages alcoholism? It's an ethical thing that you're trying to work out. You may decide that there'd be other areas you can better use your skills in. Um, I think from there, there are a number of wisdom factors that kick in. I'll talk a bit more about wisdom and decision-making tomorrow, but um, you may think through the sort of jobs that give you the best opportunity to honour God. Um, so you may choose workplace situations where you're working with other people and have the opportunity to build relationships with those who are non-Christians with a view to commending the gospel to them. That may be a factor in your thinking. Um, you, you will think also, I reckon, about how your work enables you to serve people. So there are some jobs by their very nature uh, that don't do that. So... Um, um, I caught up with a guy the other day. I caught up with a couple. They were trying to work out how to have a joint financial approach to life. And he was very keen to make millions of dollars in the property market, and she wasn't as keen on that issue. Right? Now, I asked him why he wanted to get so rich in the property market. And he said because he wanted to be his own boss. Now, I didn't think that was a particularly good Christian motive. You see, it was, he was very honest. But I would have much preferred if he'd said, oh, I want to get rich so that I can be generous with my money. I think I, think I would have preferred to hear that. So, you say, you, you've got to think through, well, how do I, what jobs enable me to reflect the character of God in my work and commend the gospel and glorify him? That would be my general way of deciding it in terms of the jobs where you have some freedom to actually choose. Uh, part of it's talent, though. You know, like uh, you may be a brilliant computer programmer, okay, which means you're going to be highly interactive with a computer screen, you know, and uh, you know, and and that's okay, you know, because your relational skills might not be up to talking to people or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Or, I don't mean that. If you're a computer programmer, I'm not having a go at you, okay? It's, but do you know what I mean? There, there, there are there are different wisdom factors that kick in as you try and make. Um, those sort of decisions in terms of glorifying God. Yeah, so that would be the general way I think I'd, I'd weave my way through that one. Hmm. It's a good question, though. Good question. Anyone else? Everyone's desperately looking forward to having a cup of coffee, I reckon. Can I... Um, over the weekend, I had some great conversations with people over tea and before tea and that sort of thing, and uh, a lot of these sort of issues are worked out in that sort of interaction, not necessarily with me, uh, but as you work these things through together, um, because that's what we're doing. We're trying to sharpen each other up, aren't we? Hmm. I had lots to talk about just now in your groups. I'm sure you'll have another question or two for Paul. 
Question four in the discussion was a grey area. Just reminding me what question four was. Ah, the workplace or the profession as the ministry. Okay. I think the issue I was trying to drive to there uh, was something I touched on when I was speaking. Uh, you know, when I talked about being a Christian, insert whatever you like after that. Uh, it's that sort of issue I think I was trying to get at in that question. Uh, what does the Christian add to the profession? Is your job your ministry? Uh, or is it a case of you thinking how you uh, serve people irrespective of what your job is? I think that's those are the sort of areas I was trying to get people to think through. And it, it's because we have a... Um, uh, I think a Christian, a, a secularised view um, of our work when we need to Christianise our view of work and see it the way God does rather than the way we try and put a Christian veneer over the top of a job and make it the way in which we serve God. So we say to God, you know, I really want to serve you in my work by being you know, the best Christian lawyer I can possibly be. And God says, why? You know, that is... I want you to be faithful in your job, uh, but but why do you sort of put your job up there on such a high pedestal as being so important when I'm not sure it is, you see? It's that sort of issue I think we need to wrestle with. Yeah, It's part of our idolatrous nature. Uh, we tend to promote the things that are important to us and say, this is important to you, God, isn't it? And uh, God says... You know, now what's important to me, I've revealed to you my word and take it seriously. Yeah. For any other questions that don't make any sense in your small group discussions. <laughs> any more questions? Nobody? Well, uh, a girl in our group just suggested um, that in, in our culture here, um, that workaholism is more of an issue rather than idleness. Mm-hmm. Um, just wondering if you have any suggestions for how we can deal with that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm an expert in your culture, having been here for about 24 hours. So, uh, (laughs) I have deep and profound insights. Um, Workaholism is an issue in Australia. Uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but in Australia, we... um, Since the Industrial Revolution in Western countries, the working um, hours have gone down steadily. They went down steadily until 1975, roughly. And then in Western countries, they, that curve of reducing work hours turned. The worm turned. And in Western countries, people started working increasing hours. Currently, Australians work the largest number of hours on average of any Western country in the world. Right, so, you know, Australia, known as the land, land of the long weekend, uh, well, Australians now don't take their full entitlement of annual leave on average because they're so busy working. It's extraordinary, really. So I can speak from that perspective. Okay. Um, workaholism is a big issue for people. Why? What, what's, what causes people to work so hard? I think there are a range of factors. Some of them I uh, referred to earlier. Uh, that is, there's a, a big drive of materialism there. So that in that book I mentioned, Affluenza, and there's probably the equivalent book here in uh, Malaysia, I imagine, um, the authors ask people 
um, about what was important to them in life and weighed those various things. In Australia, most people said family. This is not a Christian book, okay? So most people said family was the most important thing to them. The question was asked about work, and they they were asked whether they... um, uh, whether they felt that the amount of hours they worked interfered with a more important priority like family. And almost all of them said yes. They felt they worked in such a way that it cut across more important priorities in their life. They were then asked the follow-up question, if you could reduce your working hours and income in order to create time for those more important priorities, would you do it? Most people said no. Now, why are we addicted to something we don't think is as important as other things that we squeeze out by being so addicted to work? Why is that? Well, I can tell you the short answer is because we're sinful. Okay. Um, and bear in mind, those, what I was quoting to you was just secular. Okay. It leaves God out of the picture almost completely. Um, but it is that uh, what I think is one of the most powerful factors there is that the seductive nature of wealth. Okay? That um, uh, people were asked in that same book, you know, did they think they were wealthy? Basically, no one thinks they're wealthy. Even the rich people don't think they're wealthy. How does that work? It's because we're self-deluded. Right, we and and we have this. You can never have enough. You know, you start to acquire, but you need more. Right, you get a widescreen TV, but then they produce a wider screen TV. You know, and uh, you know it just goes on and on and on and on. You know, um, and that is the nature of the culture that we live in. So you can never work long enough to produce enough to satisfy your consumption because your consumption is rising higher than your ability to earn even though we're getting wealthier and wealthier and wealthier all the time. In Australia, in 1975, Australians saved 14% of their uh, annual income, right? Saved it. Now, I think it was 2003 they compared the statistics. How much were Australians saving in 2003? Minus 3%. Isn't that amazing? And yet, we, we grew in incredibly more wealthy over that period of time. We're just spending astoundingly larger amounts of money. Now, how do you fuel that materialism? Well, you've got to work pretty hard. And you say, well, family's more important. Ah, but my behaviour tells me materialism is more important. Okay, that's one factor. You could probably replace that workaholism factor with, uh, uh, for some people, it's um, the esteem that they get from their work, the sense of significance it gives them. Um, uh, the fears associated with not being able to compete with the other people that we're working with. Um, sometimes it's avoidance. Okay, I work incredibly hard because I've got a lousy marriage and it means I have to spend time with my wife. Okay, or do you understand what I'm saying? That is, there there can be all sorts of reasons that kick in uh, to that sort of equation, um, and it can be very difficult to challenge that treadmill. Uh, when the culture operates with such a fast treadmill, everyone's doing it, you know. And who's going to become the partner? Well, it's the one who runs up the, the biggest electricity bills. 
you know, by keeping the lights on at night in their office. Do you know what I mean? And we're all so aware of it. Uh, there can be lots of... I mean, they're just some of the observations I guess I'd make. Then what we need to do is to encourage each other to work out how we actually work out faithfulness in our employment and how we, we actually run against the tide at different points. Sometimes that will come at significant cost for us. Uh, sometimes that will mean that we'll actually decide to scale down our jobs. Uh, I have people in my church who have made choices not to transfer interstate to significant promotions because they thought it would start to take over their life and it would cut across significant ministries they'd been building at church for a long period of time. They've refused. It is very hard to refuse promotions. Very hard to refuse extra money. Very hard to refuse the esteem that comes with going up the ladder. Yeah? But we fail to ask the question, you know, as you go up the ladder, what's at the top of it? You know, climb, 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 up you go, go on, get up that ladder, hurry, 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 you know. And you get to the top, what do you discover? Nothing. You know? It just must be another letter somewhere else. Better find that. You know, you know, it's that sense of caught up and the, you know, the Ecclesiastes, the mindlessness of the drive to somehow get somewhere which is actually nowhere. That sort of thing. Yeah, it's a long answer to a short question. Sorry. <laughs>